0: This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast. First thing I posted, they just said like hashtag FYP, FYP. I'm like, what the heck is FYP? They're like for your page. I'm like, what does that mean?
1: Uh Yeah, I finally
0: shaved like a few months ago. It was literally like killing a rainforest. Like there was a whole (laughs) ecosystem that had to be destroyed. Like the natives were displaced. Every dystopian show I ever watched is always an (laughs) act. There is no armpit hair. Like this is fake. Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast with your host, Dina Nina. Hello,
2: hello, and welcome to another episode of the I Love Funny Women podcast. I'm your host, Dina Nina Martinez. And I'm Lalita i I'm so excited to have you here today. Happy Pride Month.
1: Happy Pride. I know, it's June. It's so exciting.
2: And we got to share the stage last week together in real person, like human touching and hugging.
1: It's been incredible to be back doing onstage comedy. I was in New York City. I opened for Zarna Garg on Caroline's on Broadway. And I walk into Caroline's, it's packed. Everybody's sitting, whatever the people version of bumper to bumper is, no masks. Like there are, And in the Bay, we're still a little bit more conservative, I think, around the mask wearing. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And that lasted 30 seconds because, I mean, it was a comedy show in one of the great comedy clubs. It was amazing.
2: Oh, I'm so jealous. Uh, so Thursday was my first time on stage in two and a half years. And I, like, I couldn't sleep the night after because I was buzzing so much because it was so nice to be on stage in front of people hugging and touching and
1: I was okay with doing zoom comedy but now I'm like I need a break from that I think it'll come back eventually I think people will get tired of going out all the time but right now like and the audience was just they were so ready to laugh people need to be out so badly
2: yeah and we're gonna give them plenty of opportunities both virtually and in person hey Uh, As always, we would love to hear from you. So go on over to Instagram and post a video and tag at I Love Funny Women with the hashtag HeyDina. And you could possibly be on the podcast or even on our YouTube.
1: And if you could give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'd be ever so grateful. Your review helps our visibility on the platform and we want everyone to hear these funny women.
2: Hey, this is Door Girl Greg. Thank you for listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. If you haven't by now, you should really go to the socials and check out at I Love Funny Women on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube, because really, what else are you going to do? All right, this week in the news. While we begin to open up and return to our sense of normality, the thing we're not talking about is growing. We've barely heard anything about COVID. I mean, except for the usual, I don't want to wear a mask and get vaccinated thing, right? Mm-hmm. As we swept the real issues under the rug, they formed a bit of a bump that we keep tripping over, like 601,000 deaths. Oh. Avert your eyes, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. God, so many. Hey, but uh, can we talk about Euro 2020?
2: you're what, what what's that
1: you're joking right
2: no no Tina.
1: Yeah, really I what's the matter with you <laughs> okay <laughs> it's the european soccer tournament that happens every four years and should have taken place last year but didn't because of covid
0: oh. because of the
1: lockdown the players couldn't get hairdressers appointments so they had to cancel the tournament Euro 2020. It's like Eurovision,
2: but with more count. Oh, okay. And and a lot more abs. A lot more abs. <laughs> Last week, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops decided to make a political statement by putting forth a movement that would disallow public figures who openly support abortion rights to take communion. What? Right. Like President Joe Biden. I, I think this is a little petty, don't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know they say the current pope like he's super liberal because he supports uh he tolerates uh gay people yeah which i think is big of him because as a queer person i can't stand catholics fair fair (laughs) right Naomi Osaka has withdrawn from Wimbledon because of her ongoing mental health concerns. Mm. You know, to me, that really evidences how hard it is for women of color to function in white supremacist institutions like the world of tennis or the British royal family. Mm -hmm. No lie, huh?
2: No lie at all. The Supreme Court this week dismissed a challenge to Obamacare in a 7-2 decision. Yay. The decision solidifies that Affordable Care Act's legitimacy, and even Amy Coney Barrett was for dismissing it.
1: Amy? What? She of anti-abortion rights fame? That's, that's, that's good news, right?
2: Yeah, but abortion rights are still coming up on the docket, so there are plenty of opportunities for her to really disappoint us.
1: Oh, I'm sure she will. <laughs> But Dina, I've got some hot off the press news in the celebrity section. Elizabeth Olsen married Robbie Arnett in 2020. Ooh. Yes, I am so excited to read more and find out who the hell these people are. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any ideas?
2: I, I have no idea. Like, no clue.
1: <laughs> Very happy for the, the couple.
2: Marvel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, so we got another federal holiday, Dina.
2: I know, Juneteenth, a holiday that was born in my home state of Texas because slave owners decided not to tell their slaves that they were free for like two years.
1: Oh, that's not petty.
2: Not petty at all. (laughs) And that's all the time we have for the news this week.
1: Our sexrologist, Renee Hyden, is still out on holiday. So no sex with the stars this week. No sex yeah. without the stars either. Yeah. Am I right, Dina?
2: You're right.
1: <laughs> but she'll be returning in July with all new sex... M- sex, sex segments. <laughs> Sexmens. <months>. Segments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tour girl Greg, and you're listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. This week, I had the
2: opportunity to sit down with a Bay Area comedian who I just, I adore...
1: Oh, she is my good friend. She is the CEO and over royalty of Bangu Productions, which produces online and hybrid comedy events that center BIPOC, women, differently abled, and LGBTQ plus people that are often marginalized in comedy. Are they're always marginalized in comedy?
2: Always, all the time. <laughs> so please welcome Cynthia in public. Yay! Um, so I am really excited to have you. Thank you so much. You're based in the Bay Area. just yes. And you're Woo-hoo. a queer comic who's here in the house. Try I'm I adore you. I'm so glad that <laughs> it, this sounds crazy, but I'm glad we, we were able to move to virtual and actually meet each other because they're you think about all the people that we've met on virtual
0: yeah i 100 percent agree um it's i i feel extremely thankful because there's so many people that i never would have met if we hadn't been stuck in the house due to a global pandemic and apocalypse uh but like i feel like i'm having so many connections like i've actually seen people like from virtual to real life it's just like whoa you're a person you're shorter than i thought but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and like the relationships do carry over yeah
2: Yeah, and I think that like I I'm not grateful that the pandemic happened for so many reasons, but there are things that that I love about what happened during it. So, and you're one of them. I uh, how did you get started in comedy?
0: Um, so I've always wanted to so I, when I was a kid, let's just say, I wanted to do 20,000 things, like literally 20,000 things. Like well, The biggest one, I think the number one job was actually superhero. But like, yeah. apparently, I, I I like looked into the whole process and like, I do not want to get sued. Um, but like, one of the things that I did want to do was that, I mean, I had a really tough childhood growing up. Um, and I was that one person in the family that was always making jokes and trying to get people to smile and laugh. Um, and I felt like it really got us through the tough times together as a family so i was like oh i'd love to do stand-up comedy one day you know it wasn't necessarily as like a professional comedian but like you know i was like oh i'd love to do it so growing up um my family is just like hilarious just like in terms of like storytelling and the way that we talk and how just like the way that we interact there's like so much comedy in our day-to-day life that it's amazing um so it wasn't so much that I saw like a particular special. It was just like growing up with so many people that like just love mm. laughing so much. It's just like I just want to laugh for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, come college time, I you know try a open mic a few times. So it was like half I first got here in San Jose basically I was there right when it started. Um, but I didn't continue forward. I just did it a few times. I stopped. Then fast forward five years later, uh, I had a breakup, really bad breakup. I got out of abusive relationship. Mm. Um, first thing I do is like go to Miami to get over dumping him and I do a stand-up set. <laughs> and then I came back and I did more stand-up set and then more wow. and then more. And then like, I went from like, once a week to like twice a week to three times a week to like four to five times a week and i was going pretty big up until COVID hit so i would say i'm still about a year and a half in okay. um but i feel like what what happened during COVID is that um when it happened i kind of saw it happening so i was like all right i'm just gonna start virtual shows and i started the ccc show so it was one of the very first the Area of virtual comedy shows. And then I think one of the first comedy shows in the US, if not the world, I don't know. But like, we basically started like literally two or the three first days in after. the
2: world.
0: <laughs> we started a few days after things closed up. It was just like this, because I was just like, I, I'm in the health field, this is gonna take a while, people don't wear masks, or like yeah. masks were a thing like that. I was like, people don't dale dale
2: <laughs> right right
0: yeah. um and, so and i and people think, are upset <laughs> yeah so i think i've definitely increased my comedy I, mileage maybe not years um, last year because I did like well over a hundred shows <laughs> uh, Zoom and then like you know a few in-person mics at the very start um, yeah. and I just keep it going.
2: <laughs> that's amazing and, and and that's one of the things that I really believe like so one of my uh, one of my students that I know of consistently performed th- throughout virtual shows throughout the pandemic and the growth that she got from it is incredible like and it's kind of like it was a if you're just starting and you want it it's kind of like it was kind of like okay let's put you into a boot camp essentially <laughs>
0: <laughs> it because was. it's harder
2: it's harder to do virtual because you don't have that same connection
0: you don't i i honestly so i i abhor people not i don't hate them but i don't like people that have the mentality that zoom comedy is a real comedy because i'm like what is tv comedy you know mm-hmm. like sometimes yes. you're not always gonna have a studio audience sometimes there will be like two or three producers there sometimes you won't even see the crowd which was alameda yes. comic club last week i couldn't see the crowd at all so like i just have to keep going as if like everything i did was funny you know um And I think it's definitely like, you know, there's some jokes that do work on Zoom that don't work in real life, vice versa. But I think that Zoom comedy really teaches you that whole tenacity Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that you kind of need for real life and then the best yeah. thing was like i didn't have to leave my house so you could do so many more sets in one day than you ever could like just like you know spending three hours driving around the bay area just to do like two or three sets like you could do that in like an hour at home yes and you didn't have to worry about safety you could just boot out someone you didn't like and uh oh, <laughs> <so much nightmare. laughs>
2: i love that and i agree with that 100 percent. like i was talking to some people at the beginning and i was like if you go into a TV studio most of the time or an audition, you're going to be doing your set and they're not going to respond at all. So you might as well get used to it. And it's just about uh, keeping up and going. And and I love that you had that tenacity and and you're you're you've done it. And um now we're opening up. I, I haven't done my first live set since 2019, but I am 2020, early 2020. Um, yeah. But I haven't shaved since 2019. So that's
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah, I finally <laughs> shaved like a few months ago. It was literally like killing a rainforest. Mm-hmm. Like there was a but, whole yeah. ecosystem that had yeah. to be destroyed. Like the natives were displaced. I felt so bad, but like I got my oil, which is I guess like a barren pussy, I guess. I don't know. Um, can I say pussy? I don't know. <laughs> yes, it, you can say whatever.
2: I always say like when, when I know that I'm getting ready to have sex... I post something like, let the deforestation begin, you know, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you're like, you're just colonializing your vagina, <laughs> you know, <Ladies>.
0: like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> how did all these white people move into my cooch?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I wish I could say I had been shaving and like, for sexual partners, I had like 2020, I'm just like, you know what, fuck, my world is ending, you really want me to shave my armpits? like i the only reason i shaved last month was because like it was getting so long i had to like detangle the hair to wash it and i'm like this is too much i can't i can't be detangling my head hair and then like my armpit and my pussy hair like this is too much like when they're like starting to like literally knot up and like i'm just like no this is this is too much
2: <laughs> yeah i i i've come to the point where Um, when I go to the restroom in in my office building that I have to make sure that (laughs) that I dust the pubes off the seat before I leave. (laughs) I was like... Oh this, is, this is not okay. <laughs> but I need to travel. I need to be in a hotel room to shave, especially when I haven't shaved in a long time because I'm not going to shave at my own house because it's going to cl- clog up the... Th- <laughs> and somebody else will deal with that out of a hotel room, right?
0: <laughs> That's that is my evil sh- and I'm for it. I'm, I'm for it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's my pube shaving, you know, like... I generally will do it when I'm booked for a gig and I'm in a hotel and they put me in a hotel.
0: <laughs> but wait, but why for? Oh, like for, I guess if you're like flapping your arms. Okay, cool. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. yeah it's I, don't like... know,
0: I literally got to a point where I was just like, it was like 2020. And like, I had to go in because I, I work in like the medical field. So like I do have, I did have to go into work. And like, it was like, it was kind of a warm day. I literally walked in. Tank tops, raising my arms over i'm like i don't give a shit the world is ending deal with it <laughs> right like yeah, i don't um,
2: care like i don't shave but i don't have a whole lot of under like i literally like every butter.
0: dystopian show i ever watched is always inaccurate because like they because re- like i literally i'm like i'm looking at them I'm like i'm sorry there's no stubble And there is no armpit hair like this is fake this is fake as fuck three three years but somehow you find a razor to shave yourself but like no you can't kill that zombie oh no
2: (laughs) Mila Jovovich had a razor the entire Resident Evil uh, franchise like she shaved every that's not real (laughs) if there's a zombie I'm not going to be worrying about my pink razor <laughs> my, my Gillette Venus, whatever you call it. Oh, yeah, it. the
0: pink one that they charge you $2 extra for because it's yes, pink.
2: I mean, pink text. <laughs> yeah, that's great. great. Oh, my God, so funny. You also started a production company. Tell us about it.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, where should I start? Where should I start? Okay, so I was, let's just start with COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I already knew it was going to be a bad, it was going to be a terrible year because like literally January 2nd, I was like mental health crisis. I'm like, oh, fuck 2020. Right. <laughs> and then a few months later, everyone was like, fuck 2022. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so. Um, when COVID started, it just made everything worse. So literally, the only thing that was keeping me going was like Zoom comedy shows because I'm like, you know, you do comedy, you feel positive. You you get into a virtual community of people. You see other people, right? Um, and then my show, I was like, you know what? If I can't do anything, I just want to bring joy to people during this apocalypse. Yeah. So I was like doing the show. It was weekly. Like we, I think we did weekly for like a good year till we switched Mm -hmm. to monthly or now we're on the highest, but like we, Mm -hmm. um, but basically the idea if pre-COVID was that I was going to start doing comedy shows um, in the summer. And the idea was always to do like a dual Zoom in-person hybrid show but mm-hmm. i was also like hey i wanted to be as diverse as possible um i want to kind of be i just want to be the person that changes industry a little bit
1: mm-hmm. when covid
0: mm-hmm. was coming i noticed that so many more producers of color and people and women and queer people were starting their own shows and i was just like this is amazing this this is amazing, right? Because you didn't have the barrier of, you know, driving, yeah. safety, venues, um, potential homophobia or sexism from, like, random people. Like, all that shit was, like, mostly gone or could be well-controlled. with mm-hmm. just, like, booting someone out. So as it went more and more, like kind of, like, the mission and the idea for Bangu Productions came about, right? It came about from this need of, like, I... Don't want things to go back to normal. Like fuck normal comedy. Like what the hell is wrong with you? Like Uh all like normal comedy shows are like eighty percent white males, one woman, maybe a black guy, and they'll Uh either have the woman or the black guy as a diversity hire. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to do with that. Right. Um. So the whole mission was to be able to lift up people that are Latinx, BIPOC, black, queer. Um, indigenous, differently abled. So basically most of my shows, um, I started it in the CCC show and you can see it in the lineup. Like there's always at least two queer people, like other, there's like myself and then someone else. But usually I try to have it like two to three queer people. There's always at least like a few different people of color. There's always like at least 50% women. Usually I try to go for a little bit more, but sometimes it's like at 50, sometimes a little less. Um, and I try to make it so that it's, like, balanced and there's a bunch of diverse views and opinions on every single show. And then, um from there on it's basically like i started with literally just the ccc show and then i all expanded to the all-star comedy show like all right the best and the best and then i started like all these other shows some of them that are kind of like i'm like this is too much to keep up with um but right now where we're at we do a writer's workshop weekly that's starting up again next week we do an open mic weekly and then we have um, I'm still trying to work out the shows. So I have a mm-hmm. monthly neighborhood show that's like Zoom hybrid, real life, and then we just have like another big event, which was a Pride and Joy show.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> which was in downtown San Jose, but also live streamed. So I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to really bring together like all these ideas of like, okay, like how can you make diversity and inclusion like a thing? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, the only way you can truly do it. Is make it in a way that's not patronizing, tokenizing, and incorporated into every aspect of your business, right? Including the Mm -hmm. supply chain, like making sure that we work with organizations that do work in the community. Um, Donating to local orgs. So we donate to the TGIP justice initiative last year, which was for transgender, intersex, and gender-variant folks. Inside and outside of the uh, incarceration system. And donating to Black Mm -hmm. Lives Matter, a lot of like uh, anti-police brutality and um damn it, other stuff. donating to orgs that like fight poverty um and food insecurity, donating to orgs fighting like Asian American um sorry, for Asian American health. So it's like trying to go for local orgs that are in our community yeah. and having an impact. Because I think unlike a lot of the comedy clubs that are out there, um, I'm not gonna be neutral about situations of injustice. I'm not just gonna be like, you know, we had a day where people um storm the capital and just be like hey guys are you coming to our show this thursday and be like no let's have an open mic and talk about it which we do right hey like what do you guys think about this like oh we stand against like just like racism and sexism and these are our views right um and i think it's a little bit different but i think it's um i think the best way to do it is to tell people, like, hey, I'm for you. I'm for your rights. I'm yeah. not a neutral party. Um, I am a party that's for your basic humanity and dignities, and everyone's welcome here.
2: Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Man.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I think I just went on for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, it,
2: it, and that's so good because. You're speaking my language. Like I love, <laughs> I love that, and um, I find it so important that we focus on those things. Like we tend to do all we do mostly women shows, and obviously we're, I'm queer, so I we bring queer people in. Uh, it's it's easy in bigger cities, but it also you have to be so uh, deliberate about booking that
0: yeah um i would say i mean i say from the get-go to everyone we spend two or three times as much booking than probably any other regular production company or comedy out there right because we don't just (laughs) be like oh hey like we're looking for a comedian sign up like i'm like no i'm looking for a black queer comedian with a missing leg (laughs) right and then whoever whoever signs up will sign up, but then I also mm-hmm. look at their material, I'm like, "Okay, are they funny?" And like, "Okay, cool, you yell, right?" Um, but I, I'm really joking, that's extreme, but like no. um, I think starting was a little bit the hardest because I mean, I'd been in comedy for less than a year when I started um mm-hmm. and i had connections but i don't think i had very deep connections so a lot of it was like hey asking people like oh do you know like latinx comedians do you know a queer comedian do you know this person and that person but then as we grew bigger um it just got easier right mm-hmm. um starting was also hard because like no one wanted to do some comedy we like we'll just wait for yeah. real comedy to come back totally. like...
2: in a couple of weeks they're like it was so yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Um um I, theres that is
2: one thing with virtual comedy. there's no excuses for not being diverse in the virtual realm yeah, at all and I, I agree and that is like being deliberate on that, especially on that, like you don't you can take from anyone in any area, so you need to be diverse, you know
0: yeah um I think the best way now I think I have like a few pipelines for talent and like, I'm good enough that I don't like have to do as much work as I used to. Like now I just have the list of like all these people. I'm like, I know I got you too, you, you, but like before it was a lot of posting on different books, like, Hey, I'm looking for a black, Women comedians, I'm looking for women comedians I'm looking for Asian American comedians I'm looking for indigenous mm-hmm. comedians, right um, Every post will have At least one to two to sometimes Like three or four people that are just like Oh hey, I guess you're not looking For funny comedians, like oh hey I guess you hate white men, I was just like Ignore, ignore, ignore
2: You're ignore. all, uh, with comments like that, yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> Right Because um, I'm like, it's not necessarily About you, that doesn't mean you're not welcome But like you're probably also on every other show ever so i don't need to create a space for you um now though i think it's also just being intentional about um looking at your weaknesses and looking at where you can do better so Mm -hmm. i looked at last year and i'm like okay we did a great on getting a lot of black people latinx people but, and women, but we need to focus more on queer. So this year I've been actually trying to focus more on hiring more like, especially transgender comedians on like normal shows and then specialty shows. Cause I'm like, Hey, like if I'm looking at people that are the most affected, I need to be booking them a lot more, but then booking them in a way where I'm not book like, yeah, I'll have like a all transgender women show for like women's history month, we did that. But I'm like, I will also book you on a regular show cause you're not a token, you're a comedian right you're you're yeah. you're a woman who's a comedian or you're a man or you know, you're know, you like whoever you are or non-binary person that's a comedian right so like you uh. shouldn't have to feel like you are only getting booked on specialty shows you should be booked on their normal shows too right yeah um and i kind of look every once in a while every few months i do like a survey i'm like all right so i make a lot of people of this ethnicity but i have a you know, I, I need more people of that intensity and then I'll look and I'll specifically target them like through different like groups or I'll like go after other producers like, hey, do you know like a lot of Native American comedians? That's still a big weakness. There's um there's a friend I know, Jackie Kui'i, uh-uh, who was part of a book on the Native comedy scene. I still have to buy that book, mm. <laughs> and read through and then just like literally highlight names. Um, uh, which I'm like, however way the comedians come to me is fine. Uh, but like, like it's on the booker and the producer to, to make the show diverse. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll take recommendation from people, but I'd rather put the work on myself rather than always putting it on like the person of color of just say, Hey, tell me every single person, you know, tell me this person or that person to book. Yeah. Cause that's, that's not necessarily their job. Their job is to just be a comedian and perform.
2: Right. I love it. You're golden.
0: Sometimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you do. You're you work in healthcare, and yes. Um, this is my question. Um, are we going to get another one of these?
0: <laughs> okay. Um. So my degree was. Are you in... <laughs> are you a
2: psychic? M-
0: m- person
2: in the middle
0: yeah <laughs> oh, no, okay so um I started out at De Anza College studying biochemistry um I went to San Diego State transferred and I finished my degree in biomedical engineering Ooh. I have over four years of lab experience in bio and chem so when the who said that COVID-19 was um they they have like different risk levels for like these types of things, right? Um, they when they updated the threat level to highly likely, which was like a step below pandemic, that was oh. about a month before we went into lockdown. That's when I freaked out. <laughs> um, that is actually when I started creating my own emergency earthquake kit. I told all my friends who none of them listened, um, like, hey. Um, you guys should be careful. You know, we might go into the state. Um, I talked to one of my friends in China who she lived ne- not in Wuhan, but like next to Wuhan province. She's only had the whole, whole lockdown procedure. I'm like, okay, they might do the same thing here in the U S. So I literally started preparing myself just like all everything internally. Yeah. Everyone thought I was crazy. And then the lockdown happened and they were like, Oh, never mind, We love you. <laughs> um, I also knew that based off of the like as soon as a lockdown happened, a lot of people adhere to it. Like California, I think most people adhere to it, but there are a lot of cases and pockets in the country where people are just like, it's my right, my freedom. <laughs> just like, you know, people are dying in Italy. <laughs> totally. um, I don't understand. And I kinda just realized like if we because of the way the US is, like even if California is perfect, there's still people coming from out of state that can screw everything up. And, we and have not all of California
2: gender. is perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is not going to take mm-hmm. a month or two. If we're lucky, April. Um, but like within like very short of a few months, we're literally still a lot of people are not adhering to any of the guidelines. I'm like, we're going to be lucky if we get a vaccine and be everything's open by next summer. And then um, I actually said this on Matthew McCarren's podcast. And I guess everything I said came true because we're open by summer.
2: <laughs> yeah Um, I I was there was a point where I was because in January I think I had COVID in January and February of 2020 like I'm I'm almost certain I had it um and I I traveled too during that time so it wasn't luckily it wasn't terrible but it was it was bad like I it lasted a very long time I I felt like it was the worst thing I'd had in a while so luckily my mom didn't get it from me, you know, God. but, um, but I remember making a joke about wearing masks in January.
0: <laughs> and I was like,
2: don't, don't mind me when I'm surviving the pandemic with a mask on. And I was like, that did not age well in March. And, <laughs> <April."> <laughs> and I, yeah. al- I almost felt like it would be a lot longer than, a year, um yeah, I and I'm mean, not were, saying that we're perfect, like it, we still have a long way to go, and people are stupid as fuck, but
0: yeah, I mean, I think the Biden administration has to do with a lot of credit for that because the Trump administration he honestly should have locked out the whole country or at least the pockets where there's the highest um <clears throat> there were the highest Covid cases, which he did not do, he just like. I recommend y'all do whatever you want ho, ho, ho. right um so when biden came in i was kind of perplexed at first that he wasn't enacting a mass mandate he was just like a mass recommendation but he you know forced it on the federal buildings but what he did instead was like he basically tried to fo- refocus efforts on getting vaccinations out mm-hmm. which you know, like, might mean that there's more deaths up front, which we saw happening, like, in winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it meant that long term, you have a population that's, like, you know, more resilient. inoculated and yeah. resilient towards it. Yeah. So I do credit a lot of the Biden. And then also the fact that we're in California and our governor cares about its people kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind, kind of, of, not kind enough of. To, not enough to, like, make... It livable but like to keep you alive to suffer through <laughs> expensive rent
2: but it's, he's nice to look at that's
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true it's true like literally i used to watch all of like the white house press updates and then like after a certain point watching trump just keep fucking up and having all those redactions set out like an hour like it was literally causing me st- like I remember my heart was beating so fast for like a whole hour after watching his updates and then I'm like you know what fuck it and I just mm-hmm. switched to just watching Gavin Newsom's update because I'm like this is yes. better I just I don't I don't need to watch a man trip mm-hmm. over his own words and tell us completely, to completely. <laughs> and, and
2: Deborah Burks I was just like oh my god I can't what
0: uh Oh, that was that the black um, reporter that he always kept picking on, and just like no,
2: it's the white lady who was also an epidemiologist or whatever that worked on the AIDS crisis stuff. That lady at the beginning,
0: yeah, she was trying to play both sides. She was trying to be like Trump ain't that
2: bad, but I was eh." like,
0: yeah, she she's kind of gross. She was gross. It
2: was. I was like, oh, oh, really? Anyway
0: yeah um, um we're luckily beyond that <laughs> yeah but you did ask like how is it going to be like in the future like so as a scientist the correct answer is i don't know correct. um <laughs> because so we are seeing new vi- virus strains in india we're seeing new virus mm-hmm. strains um in different pockets of the world um so far they have sh- like different um I haven't looked at the research. I'm a little bit behind because I've just been like mm-hmm. napping all these days. I don't know how um, efficates or eff, efficates eff- Effective, effective, the different um virus uh, vaccine mm-hmm. doses that we have have been against that. Um, but I am gonna assume that at least from my scientific opinion, COVID is here to stay. It might be like one of those things that eventually gets incorporated into the flu cocktail every year. It might be a point where you know all the companies will switch to like a one dose thing to make it easier. Mm-hmm. We might be getting boosters at some point, but COVID is pretty much here to stay. It's it's a already been shown that it's pretty resilient. Um, The other question that people don't really like to talk about, but that really should be brought up is like how do we prepare against future pandemics. Right. Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, we had the H1N1. We had Ebola. We had COVID-19. And it's not it's not that far out to say that we could have another pandemic that's just as resilient and virulent as COVID-19 that could decimate a population. Um, the whole question is like, how do we prepare a global infrastructure for it? Because we were mm-hmm. not, pre- we were not prepared. Like mm. some some places were because like there's some countries in Africa um, that had faced the Ebola crisis that were a little bit more prepared, and some places in Europe. But like as a whole, in terms of the way that they were there was not a unified response, especially politically in the United States. And a lot of people, a lot more people died than should have. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So.
0: Um yeah, that's yeah, that's my I, scientific opinion.
2: <laughs> I like that. I, I that's a, a great note to end on. <laughs> I'm we're ending white? No, I'm with that. <laughs> we're all gonna die in um the next one. So um humanity, it's our own fault. Um but I do love what you said, like and when it comes down to it, this is the thing that I, I believe more than anything that we have to be globally unified and all on the same page at least on a a level that can respond immediately Um, because we, whether we like it or not, we are um, a global society we are interconnected so much that we've seen we saw it just spread around that we have to think globally and act locally
0: (laughs) you said it (laughs) You said it, girl. <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. This has been so
2: fun and so enlightening. Um, where can people find you?
0: Oh, um, at Cynthia in public on Instagram. At Cynthia public on Facebook. Um, at Bangu Productions on Instagram. At Bangu Productions on Facebook. That's it. At some point, Amazing. I'll, like, set up a TikTok <laughs>
2: It's a lot of work.
0: Too much work. I don't feel like I'm young enough for it.
2: I mean, I posted three things that got boomered left and right. And I was like, what <laughs> Yeah, rad, I mean, the
0: first thing... The
2: word rad is still viable and <laughs> vibrant.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember the first thing I posted, they just said, like, hashtag FYP, FYP. I'm like, what the heck is FYP? They're like, for your page. I'm like, what does that mean? What does...? And then I was, like, Googling. It. I'm like, what does for your page mean? They're like, oh, it's for your page. I'm like, what is that this isn't. This isn't relevant. This isn't helpful. Like I don't. I don't know. The hashtags are different. I'm like, this is too much. Like, find Cynthia in public
2: women. on your page. <laughs> FYP. <laughs> Thank you so much, dear. And that is all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast.
1: You can find us on all the social media at I Love Funny Women, and find us on YouTube as well.
2: This podcast was written by me. And me. And you can find me on all the socials at Dina Nina Martinez. And
1: you can find me on at Lalita D Comedy. D-W-E, Lalita D Comedy.
2: Find our guest Cynthia in public on all the socials at Cynthia in public.
1: And door girl Greg is on Instagram at Gigi Putter.
2: And our lovely announcer Krista Garner is on Instagram at Krista Garner.
1: This is an Artemis Glow Studio
2: production. In association with... Crossover Media, and AMG. Have a great week!